This week on Another Digital Citizen, I spend time talking to myself. Another, di- another, digi- another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Hi, everybody. Episode 406 of Another Digital Citizen. No fro today. It's just me. Uh, Fro was feeling sick, so I will do a short show. Um, lots of stuff going on this week as far as the news goes. Uh, it's been super hot here. Uh, I've been taking care of plants, taking care of other people. Uh, it's been quite a, quite a cra- crazy week, I guess. I'm a little bit lost because I don't know uh, what to do when I'm just talking with my own self to myself. Uh, but yeah, we're just going to go with it. Um, let's get into the news. I mean, the biggest news this week was definitely the actor strike. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, during the TV round, we discussed uh, the possibility that actors may go on strike. And we even talked about Fran Drescher, uh, who is the leader, uh, the the head of the Actors Guild. Uh, it says here, leaders on of Hollywood Actors Union voted Thursday to join the screenwriters for the first time in a joint strike in more than six decades, shutting down production across the entertainment industry after talks for new contracts when studios and streaming services broke down. This is the first time two major Hollywood unions have been on strike at the same time since 1960, when Ronald Reagan was the Actors Guild president. In a speech as the strike, which began last week, was announced, Actors Union president and former nanny star Fran Drescher was ch- chastised certain industry executives. And I we got a video right here of her um, going after Di- the Disney president, Bob Iger. Uh, I think everybody's heard the ma- major speech that she made to just the general speech. Uh, but this is uh, on the picket line. Well, she was asked by... Variety uh, about Bob Iger's comments that the strike was bad for the industry uh, and that these people didn't know what they were doing. Um, yeah, here we go. What did you think about Bob Iger's comments yesterday? I, I, I found them terribly repugnant and out of touch, positively tone deaf. And, you know, I don't think it served him well. If, if I were that company, I would lock him behind doors and never let him talk to anybody about this because it's so obvious that he has no clue as to what is really happening on the ground with hardworking people that don't make anywhere near the salary that he, he's making. High seven figures, eight figures, it's like this is crazy money that they make and they don't care. They're like land barons of a medieval time okay so uh just i think the point here is like this is the last of many strikes uh a few years ago it was the teachers unions uh, were striking all around the united states and if these people who a lot of them are very well off but a lot of them aren't there's 160 something thousand uh, people in this union, and a lot of them aren't as well off as you would think they are. Um, and the more 
uh, upper class people in this union are fighting for those people's uh, wages. And it's a lot of people want to write this off as it being a bunch of rich people getting mad that they're losing their Bentley or whatever. But there's a lot of people in this union that that don't that can't even pay their own rent. Um, So, yeah. Uh, I don't know where to go from here. Oh, special counsel informs Trump he's targeted uh, targeted in a probe for overturning the 2020 election. Special counsel Jack Smith has informed informed President Donald Trump by letter that he is a target of an investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Sources familiar with the matter uh, told ABC. Trump also confirmed in the development in a post to his true social media, the letter which sources say was transmitted to Trump's attorneys indicates that yet another indictment for the president could be imminent. The target letter mentions three federal statutes, conspiracy to commit offense or defraud the United States, deprived deprivation of rights under color of law, and tampering with witness, victim, or an informant uh, sources familiar with the matter uh, were told. So we don't really know what's going on here, but it looks like uh, it has to do with January 6th as far as um, uh, Trump overturning the election. So we'll see what comes out with that. Uh, I guess I'm going to skip a few things. Andrew Tate uh, is suing his accusers uh, for defamation. A defamation lawsuit. The uh, alpha influ- influencer Andrew Tate, who is criminally charged with human trafficking and rape in Romania, is seeking a U.S. defamation lawsuit against two of his accusers. The Tates filed the lawsuit in Palm Beach County in Florida, claiming the allegations were fabricated and are seeking $5 million in damages for defamation. Uh, yeah, I. this is really weird that they're suing... British people in Florida for defamation against them who live in Romania. It's just very confusing. The whole thing's very confusing. Speaking of lawsuits, Fox News hit with another defamation lawsuit also. Fox News has been hit with a defamation lawsuit, this time by Ray Epps, a former U.S. Marine turned, uh, turned Arizona wedding venue operator who was at Washington on January 6th. The suit centers on the statements of Fox former primetime star Tucker Carlson, who repli- repeatedly placed Epps a supporter of then-President Donald, uh, then Donald Trump, who says he sought to stave off any bloodshed at the center of the violent siege at the Capitol. Carlson get, Carlson's guests and his own remarks conveyed with seemingly seeming certitude that Epps helped in instigate the violence unleashed that day and also that he must have collaborated with federal agencies. Yet Carlson never presented viewers viewers with any concrete evidence of these claims. Um, Let's see. It says here, in the aftermath... uh, Who is this from? Uh, The lawsuit. The lawsuit. This is from the the actual letter. In an aftermath of the events of January 6th, Fox News searched for a scapegoat to blame other than Donald Trump or the Republican Party. Eventually, they turned on one of their own telling a fantastical story in which Ray Epps, who was a Trump supporter, was an undercover FBI agent and was responsible for the mob that violently broke into the Capitol 
capital and interfered with peaceful transition of power for the first time in the country's history. Um, yeah, this is an interesting story because there's literal video of this guy actually inciting violence. So I'm, I'm not sure why they're, uh, bringing, bringing that up. He, there's multiple videos of this guy in front of the Capitol, uh, s screaming, uh, at the top of his lungs, uh, in a way that could have done just that. Um, oh, the cocaine at the White House, uh, Secret Service closed its investigation of cocaine found at the White House without conducting any interviews. The Secret Service on Thursday announced that it had closed an investigation of who left a small packet of cocaine in the White House without finding the culprit. A spokesman for the agency told NBC it also uh, did it without conducting any interviews. The agency, along with the FBI, tested the packet to determine it was cocaine and looked for any fingerprints or DNA, but the test yielded no usable forensic evidence. Video footage of the area where the bag was found also provided no evidence to narrow the possibility <coughs> of suspects beyond a list of roughly 500 staff members and visitors who had passed through during uh, that weekend. Secret Service spokesman Anthony Guglemeni said the agency determined that interviews all determined that interviewing all 500 people would be a strain on resources and might infringe upon civil liberties and would likely be fruitless without uh, corresponding physical evidence or tying any person to the drugs. Uh, I Yeah, I actually do think this would have been a complete waste of resources um, because I just think it's silly for cocaine to be illegal in the first place. And this shouldn't even really be a story other than the fact that uh, there was nothing else going on that week. Um, yeah. Let's see, anything else in the news? There was also, uh, we sent a bunch of fighter jets to the Gulf uh, to defend our oil tankers. Uh, oh, here we go. Traces of explosives found in yacht uh, that was used to bomb Nord Stream Pipeline. Uh, this is a follow-up to something we've talked about a lot in the past. Investigators found traces of undersea explosives in samples taken from a yacht that was searched as part of a probe into last year's attacks on the Nord Stream gas pipelines in the Baltic Sea. European diplomats told the UN Security Council. The diplomats said the investigation has not yet established who sabotaged the pipelines, which were built to carry Russian natu natural gas to Germany, and whether the state was involved. <clears throat> the attack, which happened as Europe attempted to wean itself off Russian energy sources, follows following the Kremlin's full-scale invasion of Ukraine, contributed to the tensions following the, following the start of the war. Uh, the source of the sabotage has been a major international mystery. Denmark, Sweden, and Germany have been investigating the attack, and Danish Foreign Ministry tweeted a letter Tuesday from three co countries, UN ambassadors, from three countries, UN ambassadors, to the President of the Security Council with information on their activities. German federal prosecutors declined to comment directly on that and other reports, but they confirmed that the boat was searched in January and said that there was suspicion that it could have been used to transport the explosives to to blow up the pipeline. Uh, 
so yeah, they found traces of underwater explosives on this boat. Uh, so this is just more uh, evidence. We're going to have to see where this all goes, but the investigation is ongoing. So we're just kind of following what's happening here. Uh, I don't see a Tron Tells the Truth this week. Let me double check and make sure he didn't send one in the last, like, 15 minutes while I've been talking to you guys. While I take a sip of my Pepsi Zero Sugar. Yep, no. Tron Tells the Truth this week. So I guess I'll talk about TV. TV, TV, TV. Let's see. Um, I saw... What we do in the shadows, season five, uh, the first few episodes, it's very good. I mean, if, if anybody's seen what we do in the shadows, it's a mockumentary vampire show. It's always funny, always good. Um, I don't know how many more seasons they're going to go with, but uh, because of the writer strike and everything, I'm guessing this is going to be our last season for a while. So I'm enjoying it. I'm going to enjoy it slowly. I saw Myth of the Zodiac on Peacock. It's about something that Fro talked about last week, the Zodiac Killer documentary, but it's based around a book that a guy wrote where he claims that the Zodiac Killer isn't uh, real, that it's a, uh, a whole bunch of people who killed multiple... Multiple different murders were done by multiple different people, and that the letters that were written by the Zodiac Killer were also done by a completely separate person. It's a, a very standard documentary. The guy they're following who wrote this book is very eccentric, very interesting, but at the same time, doesn't seem like he's very truthful. I'd give it a... Uh, it's probably a five. A five right in the middle. I also saw... What else did I see? Oh, Barbie Dreamhouse Challenge. There are so many Barbie things happening right now. You can't go on YouTube without seeing any kind of Barbie thing. This was on Home and Garden Television. It was a... They took a real house. They had a bunch of hosts of different Home and Garden Network shows. Um, and they had had them compete against each other to create like uh, a perfect Barbie dream house in real life. Uh, the thing is they they don't seem they don't seem to uh, care that much about it. like the hosts themselves they're like all doing separate things and they're all doing them in one house. like it's not they're like they're creating separate houses and they're all making one like and then competing with separate houses they're each creating a different room of one house to look like a Barbie dream house but they have different ideas of like one person's doing the Barbie from the 60s one's doing a Barbie from the 90s so in the end this house is going to look like absolute garbage because it's not going to be cohesive at all it's all going to be just random and different and won't make any sense so Somebody said that they created an actual Barbie dream house in Malibu, uh, which also, it just seems like, um, is this the state of real estate where you just make up, make some bullshit and then people will buy it maybe? I don't know. Uh, it, the show was bad. I'll give it a three. Um, what else? Survival of the Thickest. What was this on? This is on Netflix. Uh, it's a show about a woman who gets broken up with and she is 
thick, I guess, that hence the name Survival of the Thickest, and she goes out back into the dating world. That's all the show's about, basically. Yeah, it's fine, I guess. I give it a four. Um, full Circle on... This was on Max, uh, also known as HBO Max, but it's just known as Max now. This had Claire Danes and uh, Dennis Quaid, a whole bunch of really big actors in it. It's also directed by Steven Soderbergh. So I went into this with high expectations, I guess. The acting was amazing. I think the story is super interesting. I don't like... It feels... Like, it was shot in England by the BBC. Uh, the camera work is mid at best. Um, I was a little put off by how they filmed it. Other than that, everything's kind of interesting with it. Um, I think that maybe is just me. The story itself is about a investigation into a kidnapping of... How do I put this? A family family's kid gets kidnapped, but he doesn't actually get kidnapped. They, th they think he gets kidnapped in the beginning, uh, of the episode, the first episode at least, but they find out towards the end of the first episode that somebody else was kidnapped in his place. And so now this family has to figure out what to do, whether they, uh, whether they should call the police, because if they do call the police, uh, there's a good chance that this kid who they don't even know who it is could be killed by these kidnappers. Uh, but it follows the family, the kids, and the kidnapper's story. So, I don't know. I'd give it a 6, probably. 6.5, maybe. Uh, more like a 6. Uh, let's see. The last thing I saw was Quarterback on Netflix. This is a terrible sports show. It's basically the exact same show as a NASCAR show or a golf show I saw early this year. But I both want to say we're on Netflix. Where it's just... We follow three sports stars, and not only do we follow their sports career, but we also go behind the scenes to see their family and their real life. It's not their real life because they're in front of a camera, so it's never going to be real. Like, nobody acts exactly how they do in real life as they do in front of a camera. So this kind of show is always comes off disingenuous and fake to me. I don't know why they keep making these other than there's a base audience of people who want to see stuff about football or NASCAR or golf, and they know that those people are going to watch because they uh, are just a base audience of fans. So they have something to pull from, and so they're going to make these shows, and we're probably going to see a lot more of them <laughs> in the next few months because of the writer's strike. Okay, uh, I think that was it. Is that all I saw on TV this week? Yeah, that was it for TV. Um, oh, oh, based on a true story, right. Um, based on a true story, episode five. I guess I'll do this. Uh, that way we can just move on with it. I gotta get that description up here. I don't know why my computer's taking so long. Uh... There we go. Description of the show is episode five, Ted Bundy bottle opener, ecstasy murder, ecstasy murder. Ruby drags Ava and Nathan on a wild night out after tragedy strikes crime con. Um, oh, wait, episode six. Right. My bad. 
Okay, here it is. I love you, BuzzFeed, episode six. A charity auction for teen runaways goes horribly awry. This episode didn't make any sense with the rest of the series. They added a whole bunch of new characters out of nowhere. Uh, it feels like this... I want to say it was filler, but it wasn't because it had so many story elements to move along the story that it, it wasn't filler because there was story happening. And yet, they it felt like they needed to make this episode just to uh, extend the series because it would have ended an episode ago if they didn't. So, uh, they added two or three new characters out of nowhere, a husband character, um, and a few other people at this party, or this charity event. It also, the last couple episodes felt like they were created by one person, and this just definitely feels like it was created, directed by a completely different, uh, entity. It just was f so disconnected from the rest of the series that... I just uh, felt off. So, I don't know. I'd give this a... Um, I'm going to give this episode maybe a six. It, not that it was bad. It actually was maybe one of the funnier episodes. It just felt like it didn't belong in the, in the story. So, yeah. Uh, let's do the Audible plug really quick. AudibleTrial.com forward slash ADC. That's AudibleTrial.com forward slash ADC. If you want a free trial to Audible... Go there, you get a 30-day trial and a free audio of something. It could be a book, it could be a podcast, it could be something else that Audible has. you got to keep that, uh, even if you cancel the trial before the 30 days is up. <clears throat> okay, movies. Uh, I saw f three movies this week. Me and Fro watched Bird Box Barcelona together. That was pretty good. It definitely was different than the original Bird Box. It didn't... It felt more uh, sci-fi at the beginning. Obviously, Bird Box is a bit sci-fi, but this one had, like, a <laughs> souls going up to heaven and things like that, uh, which w wasn't in the original. Uh, but we realized that it's more of a delusion after a while. It was a decent movie. Um, I, I want to say I liked it better than the original. I mean, the original wasn't great, so that's not... Um, saying a lot, but Bird Box was kind of a phenomena of the time. Um, yeah, this I definitely recommend it. I'd probably give it a 8, uh, 7.58, somewhere in there. It was fun. Uh, it's about a future where uh, some extra-dimensional creatures are able to attack you if you see... if. If you look at them, so everybody has to walk around with uh, blindfolds on to keep from dying, uh, because the thing will, the creatures will make you uh, kill yourself. Eh, it's kind of a combination of like uh, the happening and uh, um, a quiet place. Yeah, the happening and the quiet place. Uh, that was kind of what the original was a combination of. This is just a. Uh, after it's a i wouldn't call it a sequel it's happening maybe at the same exact time as the original just in a different place um yeah i uh, i also saw bo is afraid this was very good i was super excited for this this was my number one uh pick when we did top five movies to see of the year at the beginning of the year um mostly just because uh it looked the trailer for it looked very avant-garde, which is, this was, it, it had a mm, Fellini 
Esque feel to it. It definitely made me think, and it's one of those movies that is made. People would say it's pretentious, and I definitely think it is. But it has a real meaning behind that pretentiousness, where some things are just pretentious for the sake of of being pretentious. Um, this actually was about mental health and was about um, police brutality. Uh, policing in America, how people are treated when they have a mental illness and things like that. At the root of it, you really have to kind of <clears throat> look into it to understand the meaning of this film. And I think that's what it's going for also. Like I said, it's very avant-garde. I, uh, I definitely give this uh, like a 9... I'm going to give it a 9.5. I was not... I went in with high expectations and I was not disappointed. So we'll say that. The last thing I saw was The Tudor... This is not a good movie. Uh, we're going from a 9.5 to what I think might be a 2 here. Um, and uh, Rotten Tomatoes does not disagree. It's got eight, 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's about a tutor who goes to work for a rich family because he's kind of... He's having a hard time financially. So this rich family offers him a lot of money to stay with them and tutor their son who's played by Noah Schnapp uh, from Stranger Things. Uh, the tutor then is manipulated by these rich kids, uh, and they ruin his life. Um, but it's also a story of kind of... Um, it's it's more of a story of the, the class war more than anything, but it really doesn't land... It's trying to be a psychological thriller based around the class war. It just doesn't... like. The acting's not amazing, obviously, and it's very... It's try-hard. They're really trying to push that uh, class war agenda hard, and but not in a very clever way. So, yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah, I definitely give this a two. Um, let's see what, what else it has, like, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I just wonder if I'm in the minority here, or whether I'm just, uh, hanging out with the, uh, critics. Let's see, 100 plus ratings in the audience score. Why are you not loading Rotten Tomatoes? 41% on audience score. So, the audience liked it a little more than the, than the critics, I suppose, but, yeah, it's still not great. So, yeah, that was, uh, movies I saw. <coughs> what else happened? Uh, Xbox signing a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. That happened. Um, Fro would be more interested in that, in that than me. So let's watch a trailer together here uh, for Final Cut. I feel like this... I looked up a little bit about this, and it seems like this movie might have uh, only come out because they didn't have other movies to release. Um, so let's see. Here's the trailer. Ah, tu veux jouer, c'est ça? Eh ben, euh, t'inquiète, on va te trouver un rôle. Attends, mais, mais c'est quoi ce Oh, it's temps, French. On dirait du vrai sang. It looks like real blood. Okay. Cannes opening night. Et, euh, et attends, alors, le truc, c'est que ça doit être un plan séquence. Un, un plan séquence. Euh, plan séquence? I've definitely seen him in something. Ah, une demi-heure, euh, du début à la fin, sans couper. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
sorte de, de survival, quoi. They're gonna make a low-budget zombie movie in this French film, I guess. It's absolutely absurd. It's nuts. It has to go like clockwork. One little slip and the whole movie's ruined. There's a weird vibe on the shoot. This place is truly creepy. <laughs> They're trying to bring back the dead who lived here in the underground. Oh, so then it seems like they're making a zombie movie and then real zombies start to come out. And they can't decide who's a zombie and who's not a zombie? It's a comedy. Okay. Over the top fun. You think you could be you think we could skip me being vomited on. Right, okay. That's the end of the trailer. It looks funny. Uh looks interesting, I guess. I don't know. Um let's see what the description says for this. A small film crew attempts to shoot a zombie horror movie on a shoestring budget, but they encounter more than just technical difficulties when real zombies suddenly begin attacking them. 6.5 out of 10 on IMB, 66% on Rotten Tomatoes, 72% of Google users liked it. Like I said, it's a French movie by Michael Havanavicius. Uh, directed by, I should say. <coughs> um, yeah, it said a new twist on the zombie genre. So, I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see it. Um, I got some stuff from the IMDb. One from Caroline FR6925, 8, 8 out of 10. It starts with a low-budget horror movie with very bad actors, but it's already very funny. You have 30 minutes of what the hell am I watching with bad quality images and all, and then they explain how the movie was made, uh, a movie within a movie, and you laugh even more, and it's not clever. It's not a clever comedy for sure. It's something where you need your brain to, need to turn your brain off uh, it's French humor, but if you have a chance, you you might like it. So yeah, that's an eight out of ten, and they're still like, I don't know, you might not like it. Uh, five out of ten from Ops five two two five five three two five. Uh, of all, I am disgusted by the zombie genre because. They are dead, eating the living, dies, wakes up, eating other living humans and animals. There ain't much space for development, uh, new kindling ideas. So what's new here? Well, it's French, and they try to make it a comedy over the early feature movie called Z. It's all planned from, it's all planned from the director in secrets, because he wants the director's cut to be as real as possible. There's some gushing special effects, and someone whose arm jacks and crawls around with with, or without its parent body, and that's about it. Uh, so this person's saying they think that the uh, they're releasing a lower quality version of it so that they can release like it on DVD or into some kind of streaming service as like the director's cut, I guess. <coughs> I don't think there's a lot of... Uh, people want, like, even know this movie came out, so I think this person's stretching quite a bit. Oh, it's from December. Like I said, I think this movie came out a long time ago, and is now just being released. Uh, other movies that came out last weekend, The Channel, 
when a bank heist goes wrong, a desperate criminal, his out-of-control brother, and a motley crew of ex-Marines must escape New Orleans and, de- and a determined FBI agent. It's got eight at 8.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5 out of 5 on Movie Insider, uh, directed by William Kaufman. N- not really... A- oh, it's got some people I've seen before, but not that I know. Okay. Um, Lakota Nation versus the United States. It looks like a documentary. Uh, the Lakota people fight to reclaim their sacred lands and protect it from government and corporate interests. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8 out of 10 on IMDb, 84% on TVGuide.com, directed, uh, directed by Jesse Shortbull and Laura Tomaselli. Okay. Uh, and then the last movie that came out, uh, Two Tickets to Greece. A depressed and divorced French woman is pushed by her son to take a Hellenic... Hel- Hellenic execution with Magdali, a middle school best friend who she's lost touch with decades early. Magdali, now a free-spirited, impulsive music journalist, can find fun anywhere. Oh, excrusion. Hellenistic excrusion? Ex- excrusion? Hmm. She went on a vacation, I'm guessing, to Greece. 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, 68% on Just Watch. 73% of Google users liked it. Um, I don't see who it's directed by, and I don't know any of these actors. So, uh, yeah, let's see. I I don't really want to see any of these movies, but I guess um, Final Cut looked interesting. It looked kind of funny, so I guess I'll go with that. <clears throat> let's see, coming next week, news of the week, TVs and movies of the week, uh, based on a true story episode seven, and we'll do another digital review of Cobweb which I have no idea what that's about. Mm, I don't want to say it's a horror movie, so I'm guessing it's uh, it's a romantic comedy of some type, is my guess. I have no idea why, but I'm, that's my thought. <sighs> Taking a drink of soda. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Round. There was a huge uh, thing that happened with... Uh, uh, the Miranda Sings thing, a bunch of, uh, Colleen Ballinger, I should say, a bunch of people got their videos on YouTube striked because of copyright due to somebody, uh, taking the ukulele song from Colleen Ballinger and copywriting it on CD Baby and other places, um, which Colleen Ballinger and her attorneys are denying, uh, and I, th- I don't have any reason to believe that they would lie about this. I think somebody was doing it to try to get revenue, which there it has been a problem in the past of people copywriting certain things um, that aren't even theirs to uh, steal the revenue from mm, YouTube channels and other places. It, it, yeah, yeah, we'll see if anything comes out of it if we find out who actually did this uh, because the Ballinger... The attorneys are saying that it wasn't them. Uh, another big thing, James Charles was in the news. Cosmopolitan did an v- article about James Charles um, saying that he wants to be uncancelled. Uh, if people don't know, he was cancelled for texting minors um, and he... Well, Snapchatting minors. 
he admitted to it, and now he's saying uh, because this is all came out because he wants to release a makeup line, which is also just kind of gross that I don't know the Cosmopolitan would even do this because it seems like they're maybe benefiting from this makeup line financially in some way uh, uh, that is alleged. <coughs> yeah. What else? Oh, NPC streamers. This is a very weird, uh, very weird thing happening on the internet where pe it seems like mostly women are doing live streams on TikTok and taking donations to act out certain, uh, things related to these donations, uh, where they, they just sound like some kind of NPC from a video game. Um, there's multiple people making hundred, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, uh, doing this. It, it seems like some kind of weird, some people are speculating there's some kind of control fetish. There's some kind of weird fetish happening, uh, it, it, it's, it's a new thing on the internet, we'll just have to figure out where it goes, it reminds me of ASMR a lot, which is, uh, has been a genre online for a long time, and ASMR is definitely tied to certain fetishes, I think this is also somewhat of a, uh, there's some fetish going on here, and not that that's bad, and these, uh, get your money, you know what I mean, it's, it's great, I, I actually watched the, I, I see. I've seen a few bits of it, and it strangely is uh, soothing in a weird, like, creepy kind of way. I don't even know how to describe it other than that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> skibbity toilet uh, is a huge thing on YouTube right now uh, for kids. If you're if you have kids and you don't know what skibbity toilet is, uh, you should probably go <laughs> look that up. It is like. Mm, millions, billions of views all around the world, uh, and it, it is weird, and there's a whole narrative behind Skibbity Toilet, um, I can't play any of it here because it's got copyrighted music behind it, but it is weird, definitely worth checking out, uh, H, uh, FouseyTube is gonna be on H3 today, uh, last week on Wednesday, FouseyTube has been live streaming himself on Twitch or somewhere, uh, 24 hours a day, he was about to go into an airport, live streaming with his, uh, donations, uh, on, which would cause, it could, uh, somebody could, like, literally, uh, with TTS, you can, um, send out audio messages through his, uh, a speaker, uh, and that could be very bad if you're in the airport, uh, so they saved him from going live streaming in the airport because he didn't know he couldn't do that. Apparently, I think he was kind of playing dumb, but, uh, yeah, we're going to see what happens with the interview of that today and maybe talk about it next week. Other than that, I think that's it for this week. Um, the finale of season three of Bingo 98 happened and I, I had a lot of fun with Bingo 98 this season. So if anybody wants to check that out, go to Brutal Moose on either YouTube or Twitch. <laughs> and enjoy that. There's a lot of Bingo 98 content to enjoy. Uh, yeah. Sorry for a short, uh, weird show with just me. Hopefully I got some information out to you and it wasn't too weird. Uh, hopefully everything's back to normal next week. We'll see what happens. But, uh, this was me, Luke, 
for another Digital Citizen. That's 406 in the books. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Another, di another, digi another Digital Citizen. 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 Another Digital Citizen.